Hello, and welcome to the Commander Theory Podcast. I'm Nick Beatman, and I'm here with my friend, Zach Mack. Hello, theorists. Today, we've got a pretty spicy topic. We're going to be talking all about tying the game. Uh, and this came about because, well, we've talked a fair bit about it on this podcast, but really just in the context of divine intervention. <laughs> <laughs> but there's a lot of ways to do it. Um, and we want to sort of go into some of the, the easiest ways to pull it off. But before we do, I just want to sort of like give some context because I'm sure a lot of people are immediately turned off. Like, you know, why would I ever want to do that? But if you have not had the pleasure of tying the game, it actually really feels like a win. And this isn't just me saying this. <laughs> um, yeah, this is. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I did an informal poll on Twitter uh, just asking people like for those who have ever intentionally tied the game, how did it feel afterwards? And. 46.4%, almost half of respondents said it felt like I won. 21.4% of respondents said it felt like we all won. So <laughs> something around like two-thirds of people, it just feels like uh, you're winning or, or everyone's winning. And then a third of respondents said it felt like we all lost. <laughs> uh, so really, like if you're in the majority here, if you... Mm -hmm. uh, don't mind tying so much or you think it's pretty sweet then there's a lot of ways to pull it off um mm -hmm. but before we sort of jump into the different ways you can you can tie the game i want to briefly talk about our patreon if you head on over to patreon.com slash commander theory you can support the show and get sweet benefits for as little as one dollar a month if you aren't ready to be a patron yet you can help us out by rating or reviewing us wherever you get your podcasts all right uh with that we've got a couple categories we're going to be talking about um, there are a handful of cards that just say draw the game. The game is draw. Um, so we'll talk about those first. Then we'll talk about some ways that you can force the the game to be a draw by killing everyone at once. And then we'll talk about a really interesting category, which is um, if you create an uninterruptible loop where nobody, where like the stack keeps getting filled up and nobody can really do anything about it, that will also tie the game. So we'll talk yeah. about that last, because there's a handful of ways to do that pretty efficiently, like some two-card combos for doing that. But first, what's our first category, uh, and, and what are some of the cards in it? The first category is, well, I mean, do we want to just talk about the, the original, just the literally tying the game? Yes, go for it. Okay, so there are two cards that, like, explicitly list out the condition the game is a draw mm -hmm. <laughs> and those two cards are divine intervention uh this is an eight mana enchantment it costs six white white it enters the battlefield with two intervention counters on it at the beginning of your upkeep remove an intervention counter from divine intervention if there are no intervention counters on it the game is a draw and then celestial convergence um, it's kind, it's kind of a weaker riff. It is four mana enchantment, two white white. It enters the battlefield with seven omen counters on it. At the beginning of your upkeep, you remove an omen counter from Celestial Convergence. If there are no omen counters on it, the player with the highest life total wins the game. But if two or more players are tied for the highest life total, the game's a draw. <laughs> <laughs> so basically kind of like puts you to turns. You can think about it like that, mm -hmm. like as if you're at a, a tournament, but like at your casual kitchen table pocket. <laughs> yeah. So I think like celestial convergence is definitely a lot harder to pull off. Um, yes. Like seven turns is an eternity in commander. There's no way 
that'll ever happen. And also just like manipulating the situation such that two people both have the highest life total sounds incredibly difficult. I think you have a little bit of experience with this card. What's yeah. what are your thoughts on it? Um, I used to use it. So actually, this is one of before I knew Divine Intervention exist. Um, when I first started playing, I was afraid of multicolor decks. This is like 99 or something like that, right? Mm-hmm. And so I really liked, oh no, this was, uh, I really liked Clerics and uh, I guess 2001 Onslaught had just come out. It was a tribal block and there's a lot of mono white Clerics, but I was like, man, I can never win with all my Clerics preventing oh. <laughs> all this damage. I don't have a win condition. And uh, I just happened to like find Celestial Convergence. And then because I had found Celestial Convergence, like a friend's brother showed me Divine Intervention. Uh, I don't have any of these cards anymore, but um, that was pretty much my win condition for my mono white clerics list mm-hmm. was was tying the game or just having more life than my opponent with these cards out. Uh, I have never played them in Commander, but uh, I cannot imagine that Celestial Convergence uh, is easy to pull off, short of like a Solemnity type shenanigans type yeah. thing, you know? Maybe if you had like a hex parasite or yeah. vampire hex mage, but definitely it's not something you can expect to do fairly. Yeah, I'm not gonna spend four mana and then be like, like sit back. Oh yeah, we we did it, boys. Like, <laughs> like we're we're tying the game. Like that's just not. I don't see that happening yeah. really ever. Uh, I have a bit of experience with divine intervention, as you know, longtime listeners will know. I won't go too much into it, but I will say like. Um, at eight mana and and requiring <laughs> multiple turns beyond that, it really only goes off when the tape when like at <laughs> least one or more opponents kind of agree to let it happen. So it's something if you're you know really good at politicking or you can like sort of maybe you're charismatic and can get the the table to agree with you, then you can pull it off. But definitely not the most efficient or best way to tie the game. But I, I did want to get these two cards out of the way first. Yeah, I mean they. I think it's important because they literally explicitly state tie the game. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So um, do you want to get into the next category? Yeah. So these are this next category is is so much easier to pull off and they slot (laughs) into a lot of existing decks. These are the cards that can kill everyone at once. And there's basically two ways to do this. Um, One is to run something that can like deal X damage to each player or make each player lose X life. Um, These are things like... uh, Fault line, earthquake, uh, death cloud, crypt rats. There's there's you know a dozen or so of these cards that can all yeah. kind of do the same thing. And if you're running like a you know a Roshin Meanderer or a Ward the Raid Mother, just some sort of like big mana red green deck, or, or or maybe like a mono black deck that can you know really consistently get your coffers and go off with it. Those are the kind of decks that can really easily. Um, make this happen and and you know i can see situations where you might want to you know fault line can be a win if you're in the lead but if you're like at 10 and your opponents are each at 30 maybe it's maybe you're yeah. you start thinking about like well okay if i if i'm not winning this then i'm taking everyone with me yeah i've definitely been in that position and done this just been like well i don't want to just sit out for another 30 minutes so mm-hmm. you're all coming with me <laughs> And I've, this has happened a lot, actually. Um, friend of the show, Alex Whiteclay, had a list back in the casual 60 days that basically 
was a big fireball list. Uh, it was like teamer colors, I'm pretty sure, but uh, he can correct me on that. And it ran like mana reflection. Uh, we got really good at like signet math with mana reflection when you have two mana reflections out and stuff like that. And mm-hmm. it very often would just like fireball the table. Not well, not fireball, but like earthquake, fault line, hurricane, the table. <laughs> and also of note, uh, he's a very big fan of crypt rats. So I've definitely lost uh, at once with multiple people while crypt rats was uh, in play. <laughs> so this is something that I have seen a lot. It's pretty normal in commander um, just to have a lot of mana production. So these don't seem too far fetched. I think one thing of note is that there are certain damage everyone cards that don't work this way. Do we want to talk about that real quick? Oh yeah, just you know things that uh, come in the form of activated abilities like pestilence, pyrohemia, thrashing wumpus, mm. pestilence demon. Um, there, there's a whole mess of those, yeah. and those unfortunately won't work because their activations are going to resolve one at a time. So what's going to end up happening is like the player with the most life will um, will win. Yeah, will win. Whereas these things that deal damage, basically the way it works is players don't lose for having zero or less life until state-based effects are checked. So that doesn't happen until after the spell resolves. Everyone's at zero or less. And then that's when people actually, like, the game is over and it's mm-hmm. a tie. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. In in the same vein, there's also, rather than, like, tying the game by dealing damage, you can also tie the game by forcing everyone to draw like you know a hundred cards or something <laughs> if you have like a, a prosperity or a sky scribing fascination minds aglow folio fancies any of these spells that like x spells where each player draws x cards those will also serve the same purpose and unlike the uh you know earthquake type effects these are definitely a little bit narrower in their application um yeah i i think that Generally, giving cards away in Commander is not how you win, but there are. This could be like a, a sort of "quote unquote" win condition for, um, for like group hug decks, which yeah. I think is is pretty cool. Like if you're playing all these effects to like, you know, symmetrically increase everyone's mana with like Heartbeat of Spring or whatever, giving everyone cards is just it feels very group huggy, and that's a way to actually win the game that isn't just like king making or yeah. comboing <laughs> off i think it is actually like cooler and more on theme if you want to win the game that way yeah i i respect someone who prosperities me to death that's mm-hmm. uh or or to to limbo to a draw <laughs> yeah yeah to a draw <laughs> um and kind of on that where are we access is our next category which is um just things that make an uninterruptible loop. Um, so we have a few different ones. I think we're going to start with like some obscure ones that you're probably never going to play just to like give you an example and then move on from there. But can I read off this first one? Is that okay? Yeah, go for it. These are two cards. One of them, I don't know if many people know about. It's called Transcendence. It is an enchantment. It costs six mana. It is three white, white, white. Mm -hmm. I'll say that Zedru players do know this card. Oh, (laughs) that's true. Zedru players know this card. Um, It says you don't lose the game for having zero or less life. When you have 20 or more life, you lose the game. Whenever you lose life, you gain two life for each one life you have lost. So basically, most of the time, it's unplayable 
until you're at a low life total in commander um mm-hmm. so that's that's pretty hilarious it basically combos with reign of gore so reign of gore is an enchantment it is black red so two mana if a spell or ability would cause its controller to gain life that player loses that much life instead um so you might be able to follow along and see <laughs> how this uh doesn't quite end <laughs> yeah right right just from at home listening <laughs> yeah so what's going to happen is like whenever you lose life um transcendence is going to trigger try to make you gain life reign of gore will instead make you lose that much life transcendence will trigger again and it will just keep going like that uh sending you to lower and lower life totals infinitely uh, unless somebody has a way to interrupt it so this will draw the game if nobody has enchantment removal Mm -hmm. which i think is hilarious um transcendence just for some reason is it has such a weird place in like the rules in the format like it sits in all these weird decks and does all these weird things so this one always like this one makes me laugh pretty hard (laughs) yeah the next one is is pretty funny and uh i think there's the well uh, we'll mention it when we get to it but it is a two card combo angel's grace and immortal coil so angel's grace is an instant for just a single white mana it is split second and you can't lose the game this turn and your opponents can't win the game this turn until end of turn damage that would reduce your life total to less than one reduces it to one instead an immortal coil is an artifact. It costs two black black. It's a four mana. It has tap, remove two cards in your graveyard from the game, draw a card. And then it has if damage will be dealt to you, prevent that damage, remove a card in your graveyard from the game. For each one damage prevented this way, when there are no cards in your graveyard, you lose the game. So that one's pretty easy to see. Angel's Grace says you can't lose. Immortal coil says you lose. They keep kind of checking each other. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um immortal coil goes hey you have no cards in your graveyard and angel's grace goes but i can't lose and then immortal coil kind of like points again goes yeah. like but you but you have no cards in your graveyard <laughs> and there you go that's it yeah this one's interesting in that there's actually a fair bit of redundancy for this one like mm-hmm. angel's grace is the, certainly the most efficient way to do it but like gideon of the trials lich's mastery and platinum angel can all sub in for it um and then Transcendence can also sub in for Immortal Coil. So you could potentially pull this off in uh, Mono Black with like Immortal Coil and Lich's Mastery or in Mono White with um, Angel's Grace and Transcendence. Yeah, this one is uh, something I've been aware of for a while just because I run Lich and Lich's Mastery more. Mm-hmm. It is really funny and like messing around with life totals and graveyards and like straight up like can't lose conditions is like pretty funny so i would uh urge people to give this one a try it's it's pretty hilarious (laughs) and and the first time an opponent sees it happening they like kind of don't believe it they're Mm -hmm. like what and you're like yeah no so they just keep checking each other and they're like it just doesn't stop (laughs) and it just doesn't stop Uh, much like the next one which actually I think is incredibly flavorful. (laughs) Like, I don't know if you want to read these ones off. Sure. Uh, So this is Helm of Obedience, uh, which is four cost artifact. One X tap. Target opponent puts cards from the top of of their library into their graveyard until a creature card or X cards 
are put into that graveyard this way, whichever comes first. If a creature card is put into the graveyard this way, sacrifice Helm of Obedience and put that card onto the battlefield under your control. X can't be zero. And then Wheel of Sun and Moon is hybrid white-green, hybrid white-green for an enchantment aura, enchant player, and if a card would be put into enchanted player's graveyard from anywhere, instead that card is revealed and put on the bottom of that player's library. So uh, what's going to happen here is if you activate Helm of Obedience for one, um, it's going to try to put a card from their library into their graveyard. Wheel of Sun and Moon will instead put it into their library. Helm of Obedience will keep going until its condition is met, but it never is because Wheel of Sun and Moon is a replacement effect. So basically, like you just flip over someone's entire library and keep going, 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 uh, yeah. <laughs> replacing the cards as they get milled. So unless somebody has artifact or enchantment removal, it just continues forever. Uh, and that's how you tie the game. <laughs> yeah, it just will never resolve. This one always makes me laugh. There's a few um, ways to kind of like abuse or like misuse Wheel of Sun and Moon. But this is the only one that I know that like ties the game. And it, it seems so flavorful because like it is you just turn their library into the wheel. You're just putting a card on the bottom over and over and over and over and over mm -hmm. again. Um, and I don't actually think this one is too far-fetched to run either because I do know people who run like Helm of Obedience combos. Um, if you do like have rest ways... In peace. Yeah, exactly. If you have a Rest in Peace or uh, there's a Leyline of the Void or something, then you can just kill a person with an Helm of Obedience activation. Having like a plan B <laughs> for when things aren't looking too good for you doesn't seem that uh, that far of a stretch to me. Yeah, if you're somebody like me who kind of sees winning as equivalent to tying, um, <laughs> then I can definitely see, like, if you've got Helm and Rest in Peace, why not, and you're on color for it, why not also run the wheel? Um, it's just another way to end the game out of nowhere. So I think it, I think it's a, a nice, little, nice little combo. Mm -hmm. Yeah, as we keep moving, we're going to get more and more usable combos. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> so the, uh, this next one is actually pretty funny, and uh, I I love one of the cards in this combo. So the, the first card is Pitiless Plunderer. It is a four mana human pirate for three and a black. They are a one four. Whenever another creature you control dies, create a colorless treasure artifact token with tap. Sacrifice this artifact. Add one mana of any color to your mana pool. Just a treasure. Just something dies, you make a treasure. And then the card that I love is March of the Machines. It's three and a blue enchantment. Each non-creature artifact is an artifact creature with power and toughness equal to its mana value. <laughs> it's so funny because you you have a pitiless plunder. You play March of the Machines. You sack a creature. You sack another creature. It You get a treasure. Your treasure is now a zero, zero and dies, which gives you a treasure, which is now a zero, zero and dies, which gives you a treasure, which and it just goes on and on and on and on and on. And and I actually don't think that uh, this is too. F I, I would imagine that someone might have stumbled into this combo at some point in time, just because we've gotten so many things that animate artifacts over the course of time, especially in like blue black mm -hmm. with all the Tezzerits and things running around. So um, I could imagine someone accidentally did this at one point <laughs> in time. It, I think it's hilarious. I think it's great. And it ties the game. Yeah. And uh, notably, Titania's Song is a mm -hmm. four-minute enchantment from Antiquities, uh, reprint, I think, fourth edition. 
Um, that also does the same thing. It basically animates your artifacts. It doesn't work quite the same way as March of the Machines, but for the purposes of this combo, it will also get the loop going and uh, just have infinite dead treasures. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, bring them to life just to watch them die. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't know, do you want to... <laughs> this next one's funny, too. Do you want to get into this one? Sure. Uh, so this next card is uh, Garak Relentless. It is three and a green for a Planeswalker Garak with three loyalty. Um, it has some loyalty abilities, but that doesn't really matter because yep. the, the important line of text here is when Garak Relentless has two or fewer loyalty counters on him, transform him. Uh, and he can sort of lower his own loyalty by fighting creatures, essentially. Um and then it combos with Clever Impersonator, which is two blue-blue for a 0-0 zero, zero creature shapeshifter. You may have Clever Impersonator enter the battlefield as a copy of any non-land permanent on the battlefield. So basically, Garg Relentless is a double-faced guard, um, and, it, and if you were to have Clever Impersonator come enter the battlefield as a copy of Garg Relentless, and then you, you keep the Impersonator, let the original Garg die, what's going to happen is if Clever Impersonator's loyalty ever drops below three, then it's going to attempt to flip, but be unable to because it's not actually double-faced. There's nothing on the other side of the card. So it's going to continually trigger over and over and over and, and fail to, to complete that. So that is uh, one way, one very interesting way you can tie the game. Mm -hmm. Yeah, the rules about flip cards are super confusing sometimes, like double-faced cards. And I think... It got exacerbated when like mutate came into play. Like, can I transform a card in a pile of mutate cards? Well, can I transform a clone if it's cloning a Garak Relentless? And mm -hmm. the answer is different in both cases. In this case, the answer is no, you cannot transform this clone. It is a clone. <laughs> um so for listeners at home, that's something something you can remember but um another card that can kind of sit in for clever impersonator that can also copy planeswalkers is spark double which is pretty popular honestly these days i feel like yeah, yeah I, I like this I, i've sort of like arranged these combos in, in sort of an order of like the component pieces are like most useless to least useless <laughs> um so now we're actually getting into ones that sort of involve good cards like Clever Impersonator is just kind of like a blue staple. You can fit it into any blue deck and you're going to feel fine about it. It's really only Garak that's kind of burning a slot. Mm -hmm. um, so, you know, you know, if you have like a, a Sultai deck or something like that and you just want to like have this potential in your deck and you're willing to just spend a single slot on a Garak Relentless, um, you know, that's, that's relatively... Uh, low investment for the potential to just end the game out of nowhere mm -hmm. no yeah I, I agree and it's also hilarious um the next one is pretty funny too well i'll just get into it so the first card is stuffy doll uh stuffy doll is a zero one construct for five mana it's an artifact creature as stuffy doll enters the battlefield choose a player Stuffy Doll is indestructible, and whenever Stuffy Doll is dealt damage, it deals that much damage to the chosen player, and it has tap. Stuffy Doll deals one damage to itself. So the card that this combos with is Pariah, which is an enchantment aura. It costs two and a white. 
it enchants a creature and all damage that would be dealt to you is dealt to enchanted creature instead uh so basically you you just pick yourself yeah <laughs> you just go me and everyone goes what and then you go pariah and everyone goes no and then uh and then the game dies yes and it's pretty funny yeah the moment stuffy doll takes any damage it just is going to cycle it back to you and and you'll cycle it back to the stuffy doll yep. and you just kind of pass the buck forever um notably like there are cards that can sub in. Um, Pariah's Shield subs in for Pariah. Civvy's uh, Valor can sub in for Stuffy Doll. It essentially grants a creature uh, that ability where it's if it's dealt damage, it can deal damage to you instead. Um, but what uh, what is really notable about this combo is that you could just there are decks in which both of these cards will naturally see play. Like if you look at Jared Carthalian decks, uh, Stuffy Doll is in forty-two percent of those decks because it just kind of <laughs> synergizes with like the Blasphemous Act and like the big damage spells. Uh, and Pariah is in seventy percent of Jared Carthalian decks. So again, because like you know, Jared prevents damage to himself. So if you Pariah, then it's just like, oh, I I can't lose life anymore, or I can't take yep. damage anymore. Um, so this is something that could naturally naturally occur in a Jared Carthalian deck if you've got your Jared and you're just up against like some really nasty decks and you don't think you have a way to actually pull out the win. This is something you can do and just well, you know what? I've decided that we all win. Yeah, <laughs> that, that that might be your only out in some of these situations. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I've definitely sat down at tables where I can tell that I have lost. Because I'm playing against this like Sultai control deck, mm -hmm. but they're not going to actually win for maybe 20 turns, you know, as they like slowly accrue value and deny me resources or whatever. Or, like maybe it's a stack stacks, maybe it's just like some really heinous Moldrotha list or something like that, mm -hmm. um, or Yarek something. And uh, <laughs> in that instance, when it's like, oh, I haven't lost yet, but I know I'm losing. Uh, I would most definitely pull out the stuffy doll pariah. <laughs> I would most definitely just be like, "Hey, instead of instead of this, what if we shuffled up? Mm -hmm. What if we held hands and skipped off into the distance and played another game?" Yep. Uh, I'm gonna go on to the next combo, which is yeah. um, uh, life and limb and spore mound. So life and limb is three and a green for an enchantment. All forests and all sapperlings are one one green sapperling creatures and forest lands in addition to their other types uh, and spore mound is three green green for a three three creature fungus landfall whenever a land enters the battlefield under your control create a one one green sapperling creature token um so essentially what's going to happen here is whenever a land enters you get a sapperling and the sapperling is now itself a land so spore mound is just going to keep triggering keep pumping out uh sapperlings forever I've put Spore Mound in a fair number of decks. I put Life of Limb in a couple of decks. So really, this is another combo that could just naturally happen. And and there's some decks where it like is almost certainly going to happen. Mm -hmm. um, so I'm thinking of Yodora, the new Mono Green Commander in the Wither Bloom Commander 2021 precon. So Yodora naturally wants to run Life and Limb because. Uh, it will turn your your face down forest into creatures, and then you can sacrifice those face down forest creatures, uh, and then get another face down forest creature. So that's just a natural combo piece that the deck wants. And of course, uh, most of these 
these combos that Eudora is running, like one of the the ways to build off of them is like they often involve lands entering the battlefield infinitely. So you're going to want to run a lot of landfall triggers. So uh, just looking at the stats on EDH rec, Life and Limb is in 68% of Eudora lists and Spore Mound is in 31%. Mm-hmm. So there are a, a, a large proportion of Eudora lists that are just kind of waiting for this bomb to go off. Um, <laughs> and I think it's definitely something you should be aware of as a potential out if, you know, as, as we mentioned earlier, you're in a game you're, you know you can't win. It's kind of a, a self-destruct button you can pull off. Yeah, I life and limb is like one of my pet cards. It's like one of those cards that I always try to like find a place for and like usually fail to. I'm really happy to have it in a list now and it works really well. But anytime I can see something like this happening with a life and limb, I'm I'm pretty excited. <laughs> <laughs> and knowing that there is a commander that actively wants life and limb too makes me really happy. So thanks, Eudora. Yeah, that's pretty sweet. Mm-hmm. Uh, this next combo functions in a really similar way. Um, Yes. So, uh, uh, Johnny's chosen is two white white for a three three creature cat soldier. Uh, whenever an enchantment enters the battlefield under your control, create a two two white cat creature token. If that enchantment is an aura, you may attach it to the token. And then Enchanted Evening is three hybrid white blue hybrid white blue for an enchantment. All permanents are enchantments in addition to their other types. Uh, so pretty similar to literally. Pretty similarly to the life and lemons format yeah. <laughs> combo, uh, you know, a Johnny's chosen is going to make a token when enchantment enters the battlefield. That token will itself be an enchantment and re-trigger the Johnny's chosen, and you just get infinite uh, enchantment cats. And unless somebody has a way to interrupt it, you're that's going to tie the game by itself. Mm-hmm. Yep. Who would have thought? <laughs> Who would have thought enchanted evening does stuff like that? Um, again, it's just really funny. I, I think. The fact that a lot of these loops don't have like an a, a kill condition, like an abort button in them is really funny to me. Uh, Johnny's Chosen and Enchanted Evening are both in 32% of Tuvasa decks. So uh, there's people running around with their Tuvasa deck that can pull this off kind of at any moment. Uh, and, and so, again, I like this combo as just something that you're naturally going to be want to do. You're naturally going to want to do with a certain commander. And it could happen naturally it's not mm-hmm. something you have to force it's not something uh that where like either of the cards don't synergize with what your commander's doing it's just something that works well mm-hmm. yeah which is super cool um speaking of works well with your commander <laughs> <laughs> um this next one is a dinosaur duo so this is polyraptor this is an eight mana five five dinosaur six green green it has Enrage. Whenever Polyraptor is dealt damage, create a token that's a copy of Polyraptor. And its little buddy is Marauding Raptor. A 2-3 for one in a red. Uh, also a dinosaur. Creature spells you cast cost one less to cast. Whenever another creature enters the battlefield under your control, Marauding Raptor deals two damage to it. If it's a dinosaur, Marauding Raptor gets plus two plus oh until end of turn. Um... So basically, I mean, you can kind of see you have a Marauding Raptor, you cast Polyraptor, Polyraptor takes two damage, goes ouch, makes a Polyraptor, that Polyraptor takes two damage and goes ouch and makes a Polyraptor and it just doesn't, doesn't end. Mm -hmm. (laughs) They just keep on going. Infinite dinosaurs. Yeah, very sweet. It's worth noting that both of 
these combo pieces are in 65% of Gishath decks. So a majority of Gishath decks are running Polyraptor, and a majority are running Marauding Raptor. So it's something that could, again, occur very naturally. It's something that the cards itself both fit into the deck. And I have personally seen this happen uh, yes. against me uh, on Arena. I was running against a Gishath deck, and they accidentally made this happen by dropping <laughs> both of them in off of a Gishath trigger. <laughs> I was actually gonna, <laughs> I was actually gonna ask about that because as we get through the last few of these that we have written down there, I'll do it now. Like if Moto, uh, it is the case that if the only targets for an Oblivion Ring are Oblivion Rings, uh, you will tie the game. Because one Oblivion, let's say you, you board wipe, there's only lands, you play an Oblivion Ring, play another Oblivion Ring targeting that Oblivion Ring, okay, like you have to, so it goes away. Play another Oblivion Ring targeting that second Oblivion Ring, that Oblivion Ring goes away, Third, the first Oblivion Ring comes back, hits the third one, which then they start playing like cup trick with which one is where, mm -hmm. and there's no way to stop it. So uh, it used to be the case that... <laughs> on moto it didn't know what to do when this happened it was obviously very rare but what it would do it would just like run through the steps like what but 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 freeze start the game over and replay everything you just did up to that point as if it like missed something uh -huh. and it would do that like three or four times like making sure like it knew all of the steps or it was like no okay so then we get to the oblivion rings and uh, okay start game turn one and then it would just crash and that was how um, moto handled that kind of situation what did arena just like crash like what happened uh so my opponent um just said oops uh and then conceded <laughs> uh like after they had made like it was definitely going to crash at some point yeah, uh, they had made like 20 polyraptors before they finally conceded but i'm, I'm sure <laughs> if they were gonna you know, if they allowed the board to get overloaded, it would have just crashed. Yeah. <laughs> That's very uh, honorable of them. Yeah, indeed. That's great. I mean, I think they really won that game, so. <laughs> um, we only have one more category to talk about. Do you want to get into this one? Uh, well, well, sorry. One more oh, tie one more, the game one more. combo. Yeah, yeah, one, yeah, one more that we're going to talk about. There are definitely more tie the game combos, like, the Oblivion, like three Oblivion rings or something. <laughs> uh, so this one is... Um, something I, I this actually is a three-piece combo but this is by far the most versatile there's lots and lots of decks where you wouldn't like bat an eye at seeing all of these cards in it um and that is having two forks and a counter spell so if you have like a reverberate and a twin cast or something similar uh basically what can happen is anytime somebody casts an instant sorcery spell you target it with a reverberate then you target the reverberate with a twin cast uh, you can have them continue to target each other over and over, but that's still like not quite a draw the game loop because at mm -hmm. any point you can still just like choose to copy the original spell rather than like one of your forks when when copying a spell at, and mm -hmm. adding on mm -hmm. to the stack. Uh, so if you just then counter the original spell, then there's nothing on the stack except these two forks to copy each other, <laughs> and then it becomes like an uninterruptible loop. And that's what'll tie the game. So that's and like you know, with all the Magecraft triggers we've been seeing recently, um, there's certainly a, like a lot of spell-based stuff going on in like the Strixhaven Prismari uh, mm -hmm. Prismari school. 
there, there's just a lot of decks that are naturally running reverberate naturally running twin cast and of course like it's not going to hurt your deck to put counter spells in it no. so this is another kind of like dormant combo that is just naturally being run in a ton of lists and it's it's the kind of thing you want to be aware of in case you ever get to a situation where it's like okay i'm clearly not going to win this game but i've got my fork i've got my twin cast and i've got a counter spell let's let's end it here I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna take the L. Yeah, <laughs> this is something that I've run into playing Calamax because I, I've like actively avoided any like win the game on the spot. Like I don't run like Raul Storms Conduit or like the. I'm like probably not gonna put on a lot of the Magecraft that like are too good. You know that kind of stuff. I, I can definitely reverberate a, a fork and make Calamax really big. But um, this is something that has come up before for me just because like I'm already naturally running every fork variant I can just jam into there. Um, and I have some counter spells to protect my sweet, sweet dino child. But it's that deck is incredibly complicated <laughs> because you have to know like the stack and how things go in and then targeting rules and and copying rules. And it's it's a. It's a blast to play if you know what's going on. And this is one of those cases where I think people might just not realize that this is the case, you know, mm-hmm. where you might not realize you can just tie the game unless you were aware. Like you listened to this episode uh, today, listener, and uh, now you know if you have two forks and a counter spell, you can just <laughs> <laughs> shuffle up. <laughs> so, um, yeah, it's it's pretty interesting and just the amount of decks that have access to this is uh, a lot you know yeah uh and i i don't i think that like having played divine intervention a fair bit uh there are some people who are going to get salty when the game gets Mm -hmm. tied so uh get a sense of like what is acceptable in your playgroup and if your playgroup isn't super into it um maybe just consider uh, not actively pursuing buying the game, <laughs> but I definitely think it should be something in your back pocket if you are able to like spend the slots on these cards. Yeah, no, definitely. I, I think the one third of players is probably like a lot of mono black players, you know, like people, <laughs> people who who aren't quite feeling it. But it really like if even if you're just looking at it through like a spiky standpoint, like it people would rather draw than lose because then you're still your standings are better at the end of the day and i think for the most part people feel that way because even though casual commander is casual um people don't want to lose typically (laughs) there's definitely a group of people who um who don't care you know Mm -hmm. they're they're kind of in it because it's funny to kingmake or something and we won't talk about them but um for most people i think they want to see if their pile of spells that they've curated can go toe to toe with their friends and just what happens. So if in that case, I think like, as your poll showed, like tying the game is, you know, it's not the worst option. It's, it's kind of fun. And it feels like a white mage would be super into like, let's ascend and hold hands and, mm-hmm. and fly off into the sunset so I hope that we get more cards that explicitly call out tying the game at some point. Yes. It, it might be a bug right now, but I hope it becomes a feature in the future, yeah. you know? <laughs> Definitely. But that is 
pretty much all we have to talk about today for tying the game. Um, uh, I want to give a brief thank you to our Patreon patrons. They are Gustav, Ryan, Mark, Amond, Addison, Mason, Rick, Laser, Raphael, Charlotte, The White Clays, Hannah, Anthony, Andy, Dan- Dylan, James, Justin, Logan, Roger, Evan, Bryce, Dylan, Benjamin, Jamie, Matthew, Jason, Kyle, Brandon, Kyle, Jeremy, Russell, Troy, Dylan, Walter, Leo, Ian, John, John, Tom, Kevin, Roxanne, and Brian. Thank you all for supporting the show. And if you're not currently a Patreon patron but would like to become one, please check us out at patreon.com slash commander theory. Thanks for listening. If any of you theorists want to get in touch with us, I am at Commander Theory on Twitter and Tumblr, and Zach is at Fat Bartleby on Twitter. Our theme song is Lincoln Continental by Entropy, and you can check him out on SoundCloud. Until next time, we're going back to the drawing board.